The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Miracles in Recovery. My name is Ray, and in the studio, I have Ellen, as usual. Hello, everyone. How are you, Ellen? I'm pretty well tonight. How about you? Oh, fantastic. Have you figured out the housing crisis I have yet? A, yeah, I do have a temporary living situation lined up, I think. so. Nice. When's the closing on your house? Uh, I think on the 14th. The 14th. Here yes, we go. I am busily packing boxes. New adventures. New adventures. That's what we talk about on Miracles in Recovery. Yeah. Onward and upward. Who said that? I don't know. It was I a don't Disney movie. That. Come on. That was Buzz Lightyear. Oh, I'm way too old for that. Stop. Stop. We have a guest on the show tonight. Her name is Patricia Rosen. She is the publisher of Sober World Magazine. The Sober World Magazine educates families and people who are suffering from addiction. It is the only magazine of its kind that provides education and resources about addiction and recovery. The magazine is directly mailed to each month to anyone who has been arrested for drugs or alcohol, as well as distributing to schools, colleges, oh, distributed to schools, colleges, drug court, coffee houses, meeting halls, doctor's offices, and more. The magazine is filled with articles from professionals in the field and distributed to treatment centers, parent groups. I guess it makes its round. Hi, Patricia. How are you? Fantastic. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, um, with all of these outlets that the magazine goes out to, is this basically right now a Florida magazine where you can hold it in your hand? I know that you can get it and you can look at it online, but like, do you mail it to anywhere outside of Palm Beach County, Florida? I do. The magazine is a national magazine, and we're um, mailing magazines to a lot of different parent groups and initiatives throughout the country. And um, we're also, um, you know, an online magazine. Um, People can get e-versions to the magazine. We are in all the attendee bags at a lot of the national conferences. Um, So the magazine has just been growing um, amazing the the last uh, couple years. Um, We're just reaching so many people right now. That's awesome. Why don't you Why don't you fact, share? Yeah, we were just uh, we had just shipped magazines. There was a huge uh, parent rally in Michigan at their state capital, and oh. um, and it was an amazing event. 
Um, we ship magazines there, and now there's another uh, event going on in Ohio where we're going to be sending magazines as well, um, and they're having something at their state capitol. So it's been pretty exciting getting involved with a lot of the parents and the different initiatives and grassroots efforts that they're raising in their own states. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Now, why don't you share with people how they can read the magazine or download it online? Get the e-version. Sure, they can go to www.thesoberworld.com, and we have um, there's an, a library where they can go in and virtually read all the articles that have ever been um, published in the magazine. And then they can go to past issues, and they can pull up every magazine um, that we've had for the last six years. Oh, it's been in existence six years. Well, I remember meeting yeah. you at I want one of the ICN meetings or something like that when when you were just getting it going. Wow, six years flies, yeah, doesn't six it? Six years yeah. already, isn't that something? Yeah, I remember that's, that's that when we great. first met. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I stole your cake. <laughs> you might what? have. <laughs> so, so what made you start the magazine anyway? About a, a magazine about addiction, like what? brought you to that point to say, I need to um, put this in print? Well, um, I lost my son um, to an overdose seven years ago, and I wanted to do something to help those that are struggling, but more so the parents and the families. Um, because, you know, I know the heartache that families go through when they find out that their child is using drugs. And I wanted to help educate them about addiction and all the different resources that are available to them. And I wanted something that they could read in the privacy of their own home and share with other family members. And, you know, as you know, um, Ray, you know, most families, when they find out, you know, that their child is using drugs, you know, there's that stigma attached to it. And at first they're so ashamed and they don't want to talk to anybody. And I just felt it was a good way to kind of uh, try to, you know, do something about the stigma and let people know that it's okay to talk about addiction. And, um, and I just feel that we've really, uh, since I started the magazine six years ago, I really think that addiction is now, you know, more out in the open and that people are talking about it. Oh, I totally and 100% agree. I am a parent of addicts. I'm not an addict myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my... She's not one of the special ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my purpose She's on the show is to bring the family perspective. Yes, and I think, you know, what the timing couldn't have been better for something like this because we've truly, I was reading something today, we've got a pandemic of addiction right. going on in this in the world and in particularly in our country, and there is no end in sight, and a lot no, of people, myself included, worse. yeah, it is. And you know, and and you figure with all the education that we have, it would hopefully someday break and start going in the other direction, but it just doesn't seem it to doesn't it. Doesn't seem to be. No. You know, there there well, the stigma. Uh, you know, they attached just seem to, to be it. making more. You know, the drugs are getting stronger. Right. Not. Uh, you know, they're not cutting down the supply of the drugs that they're producing. So, and, you know, just more scripts are being written for them. So it's really right. a problem. Right. And they're, they're not only getting stronger, they're getting stranger. I mean, when I, when I got clean 28 years ago, there wasn't anything on the street like there is today. And people chewing on flowers and eating each other's faces off. And, you know, it's just, yeah, 
aspect. It's just a crazy, crazy environment out there. And I don't necessarily know if um, we kind of give a little bit of, you know, like Nancy Reagan's war on drugs never really worked. I mean, that, that's what mm-hmm. it says after yeah. it. Just say no. Well, it did never really work. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if we don't give some kind of backwards message about addiction because there are so many young children that embrace it like like armor, like it's a sword, and, and it's, that's just scary. Right. Well, I think we need to, like, really educate them on the drugs that are out there and the dangers of them because I think a lot of the, um, the first, I guess we can call them the first generation of opioid users before they knew what a Oxycontin was and they thought maybe they were just taking a regular pill, not realizing they were taking heroin. Um, mm-hmm. So now we know this is heroin. People know this drug is like heroin, but maybe they need to go into the schools and educate them. I mean, look at this new drug, uh, carfentanil, I think it's called. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, put it's fentanyl, down. So, yeah. That's you know, the killer. So if takes that, they're dead. I mean, they die. So, Well, and they're putting it in pills and, you know, manufacturing pills that actually look like the real thing, but they're not. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's another part. Of, I mean, it's it's just such a huge and scary problem. You know, and and like you it like is. you said, Patricia, about going into schools and, and and sharing a little bit of you know experience, strength, and hope. When I got clean back then, there was a lot. Well, in in the you know south of Boston area, like in in the Massachusetts, uh, the Cape mm-hmm. Cod area, um, there was a lot of proactive I went to a lot of career days with uh, in in high schools and spoke to students about you know my experience with drugs and and they allowed me to come in and share honestly about how it affected me how it made me homeless how it made me loveless and and I don't see much of that today like you say we we need to get back to basics with our message and right and I let think these, that's what they know. need people in treatment I mean if a guy walks in with a couple tattoos into the school that's okay let him walk in and tell his story Right because he doesn't just belong in the jail real. he belongs you know, at the school yeah if a policeman yeah. comes in and says don't you know just say no they're not listening no, well, even you know something. I had a hard time listening to when officer when officer Steve came in with the with the board with all the little wires on it, and there was a pipe and a bag, and <laughs> and they said just say no and don't do these, don't do these, and we and of course me, the inquisitive one, said, well, why? And I said, well, because right. they're illegal. Okay, well, that's not enough information for me, and I went and had to try them. Well, right, right. I guess but I'm too old. We didn't even have that. Man. I I I don't I honestly don't think that works. I think in some cases, like Ray said, it, it maybe drives them in the other direction. I I don't I don't know how to well, you know, the DARE programs in the schools, they're not they're not oh, I agree. stopping it. I agree. But I'm thinking I mean the idea is good, but it's just not working. Right. But you know, if they have somebody come in like somebody that's been in recovery, you know, and even if they get people um, maybe somebody like a pop star or an actor yeah. or somebody that can come in and share their story. It's just more real coming from them, you know? True, true, and, very and the true. kids, like, look up to it or a sports figure that, um, you know, that went through the, uh, you know, the whole drug uh, scene and, and found recovery. Um, you know, I did a, um, an interview in the, um, which issue was it, the May with Kurt Angle, um, he was the Olympic gold yeah. medal winner and 13-time heavyweight, uh, you know, wrestling champion. 
And, you know, he was doing like 120 pills a day. And, you know, he yeah, was right. functioning. Yeah. yeah. So. And he's and he's actually coming out with uh, with an app. I I was speaking to somebody that um, is working on an app, and you know I think it, it yes, looks Ian like Howard it's something Jonas. that uh-huh. yeah. Uh huh. But uh, so let me ask you with 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 how we're going with this conversation about you know, um, are young people embracing like what like you know if they get pulled over for drunk driving or you say you distributed in schools, colleges, and stuff like that? How are young people reacting to the magazine? They love the magazine. Um, People tell me that they read the magazine from the front cover to the back cover. And they're just learning so much. And what is really special about, um, you know, as you know, we directly mail to those that are arrested for drugs and alcohol. Yes. And so in a lot of cases, there are some families that kind of don't know what's going on. And here this magazine is arriving. I've had, you know, families <laughs> call me and say, you know, this magazine came and I don't know why we're getting it. And, you know, that's when I say, well, it goes out to whoever has been arrested for drugs or alcohol. So it kind of lets them know um, also what's going on. If they're, oh, you, you know, mean it's automatic. It's, uh, they, don't, they don't request it. It's automatic. It just shows no, up at their door. No, that automatically goes out. Because when I was first starting awesome. the magazine, yeah. um, I... I was trying to think of a great way to get in front of those who needed it. And then when I figured out that I could do this, um, I, I, I did that. And, you know, because my way of thinking is that sometimes if your child is in trouble, you know, they sober up very quickly. They don't want to be in trouble. And they'll kind of do what they need to do. So I thought it was a really great time to get sometimes, you know, a loved one into treatment. Because, you know, after, you know, they don't want to get in trouble, so they'll do right. what they need to do um, to rectify it. Right. No, and, and that makes sense. How did, people, how did people respond to, like, when you were out, quote, unquote, marketing? Well, like when I first met you, how did people embrace the magazine? And that, did that give that the oh. jump that it needed to be where it is today? You know what? They said that it was something that was so needed and, I mean, nobody was doing this. There was nothing out there like it. And, um, and they, they embraced it. I mean, as you can see, the magazine grew from, I think, of with 8 or 12 pages to, you know, uh-huh. up to, you know, 40 pages. Yeah, and it's probably that's probably still in in infancy. I'm I'm sure that it'll the more recognition it gets, the more people will embrace it and want to be part of it somehow. Yeah, absolutely. So if if I somebody mean, wanted to get the hard copy of the magazine, how would they go about getting a subscription to they it? They need to get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're I in various don't places, and you know, we do the e version. Um, they'd have to go to the conference or go into a meeting hall or a Starbucks. Um, but you know, we do the e version, and they can go again to my website the www.thesoberworld, and there's a button there to contact us, and we can put them on the e-version. Oh, so it, so it automatically gets mailed I to can't them. Do. <laughs> right. So. What's your, so, so then it automatically gets mailed to them. To who? To the people if, if they request it from, or do they just have to keep going oh, monthly go to? to the contact, yeah, then, then each month it will go right to their inbox. 
Oh, okay. That that's that's good to know because you know yeah. there may be somebody who forgets to check in when the edition comes out, and you just automatically email oh, no, them. So yeah, that. it's a that's free, good. So everything we do is free. The magazine, the um, online, everything is free. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful. That is really wonderful. Uh, Thank do you. Do you have? Um, how do you how do you get the articles? I source out, you know, different. Um, writers and, um, you know, uh, doctors, clinicians, authors, and, you know, if there's a subject that, you know, I think um, my readers would enjoy reading about, I'll, you know, source out the um, person who's an expert in that field and, you know, reach out to them. Um, So it's, you know, a lot of uh, resourcing and, um, but... You know, I, it, I try to make it as interesting as I can and, and to touch on all the different subjects because, you know, as you know, um, addiction, there's so many underlying um, issues there. And, um, you know, even though outwardly, you know, everyone's addiction kind of seems the same. And if you go to Al-Anon and you hear the same stories, but, you know, the underlying reasons could be different. Somebody can have trauma. Somebody can have a co-occurring disorder. So there's so many variables. Right. It's very complex. That is true. And, it, you know, after a while, it's like, why even try to figure out what's causing it? Well, yeah, and just, that's so true, Ellen, isn't it? You know, after somebody's yeah. been in and out of treatment 10, 12 times, it, like, doesn't even matter. They just need to learn how to cope with it and move on. Exactly. No, that's that's very true. And, you know, I just wanted to... Um, we're coming up on a break, so I just I just wanted to uh, thank you for sharing about the magazine. We're going to talk about it more on the on in the uh, on the other side of the uh, commercials. I just think that this is fantastic, and, and it has grown from the first time I've seen the seen the magazine, like at one of those functions. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is incredible. I th- I think it's great, and um, you know you. I commend you for it. Is it is it at a flow point now or do you is it still crazy need to get in by the last minute in order to have it published what do you mean um well i guess what i mean is i just got a signal that we need to go to break so we'll pick that up on the other (laughs) side we'll pick that up on the other side yeah (laughs) we'll be back in a moment Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss 
Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We have Patricia Rosen who called into the show this evening. She is the publisher of the Sober World magazine, and you can reach that online at www.thesoberworld.com. Have a look at it now. Call in. Ask her a question. 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Empower yourself to reach out and call. You're a phone call away. Yeah, just call in if you have any questions for myself, for Ellen, for Patricia. By all means, give us a call. You don't have to talk about the magazine. If you're struggling and you need a hand and you need an ear, by all means, call us. We'll help point you in the right direction. So ultimately, Patricia, when you, when you started, it was because of a tragedy that you dealt with. Why ultimately did this come into your focus were you when you went to school were you in journalism or no I just know that I like um, something physical to read and um, because people don't want to talk about it I thought it was a great way to get it into people's hands where they can look Mm -hmm. at it in the privacy of their own home so by having it out in public where people can just pick it up they can take it home with them, and they can read about it and realize that they're not alone. See, that's and, the whole thing. You know, when, when families find out their loved one's using drugs, you know, you go on Facebook and you go on all the social media, and everything looks hunky-dory, and everyone's having the best life, and you think you're the only one, that, and, and you feel terrible that, you know, your child is using drugs, and you don't know why. And um, so it's just you have no one to talk to, and... So I wanted to show them that, you know, they're not alone, that there's so many other people out there that are struggling with it, and that there is help. And they should put their head in the sand because that makes it worse. 
For me, it was, um, I didn't know anything about it at all. I had never been around alcoholics. I had never been around addicts. And I didn't know what I was up against. And I thought, you just go to rehab and they cure you. I really, truly thought that. (laughs) They'll they'll fix them. No, I'm I'm going to say something. It took me many years to learn what a true addict was. Yes, me too. Yeah, you as, know, as I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. When I was a kid, um, my dad was an active alcoholic, and he worked for the phone company. And there were times where dad was gone for weeks on end, and and I didn't know where he was, and he was in detox, and I thought that was just a. Uh, like that was training for the phone company yeah. because all the family's fathers ended up going into this detox oh, thing. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody. We, we lived in a community where we we were utility people, you know, like mm-hmm. fire, you know, uh, firefighters and this, that, the other thing. So everybody whose father went into detox, I thought it was just like a training thing that they had to go in for thirty days. Who knew that I'd Out end up the there? Job. <laughs> yeah, who knew I'd end up there too? It became my job. <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you're first faced with this, especially as a parent, um, and you don't know anything about it, and you don't know what to do. Right. You right. know, you, you don't, don't know, know the right to questions do. to I ask. Mean, you don't. Yeah, you really don't. I knew nothing. And, you know, I, I'm a researcher by trade, and I have researched this up and down for the last 12 years. But, you know, like you said, as time progresses, you get to know, you get to know the signs and the Right. And you're never, and never going to get the answer you know, that you're looking for. You know, when families also, if they don't know anything about it and then they go to look for help, I also wanted to try and provide them with quality resources because, you know, they can go online and you can go crazy looking at one place, another, you lose your place, you don't know what you were looking at. And, you know, if sometimes these families, and I'm sure you know, Ellen, they'll take their last dollar, they'll mortgage their home, they'll cash in their stocks and bonds, they'll do everything yep. to get their <laughs> child help. And if they make the wrong decision the first time, sometimes that's the only chance they have at getting their child help. Like, there's no more money after that. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, and, and so um, I just wanted to try and, you know, provide the, the resources as well so, you know, when they make a decision, they can try and make, you know, a, a good decision. Yeah, and you know something also, like you were, we were saying earlier, I don't know if we were saying it on the air or before we came on, uh, you know, the stigma that's... that's um, the stigma is a huge you know, problem. Somebody now is actively carrying a magazine that says The Sober World on it out in public or, you know, it's on a desk. People walk by and they look and they see it. It, make, it implants that thought in your mind. Whether it turns out to be a negative one or a positive one, it's planting that seed and that thought in your mind that addiction is out there and there is a different way than what you perceive may be the way to do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have people pick up my magazine that aren't even in recovery that just love reading the article. Right. Well, we always say everybody needs a 12-step program. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's true. You know, when I think it is. Yeah, when I first went to Al-Anon and I started reading um, the book, I think it's One Step at a Time or something, or uh, for today. Oh, yeah, One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. And I remember when I first started, I said, wow, this is great. Everybody should be reading this. I mean, this mm-hmm. should apply to everybody, even if their child isn't in you know, recovery or struggling. Yeah, um, it's just it a just... great way of thinking. 
I think it's a, a good way just to be a, a human and, mm-hmm. you know. Right. You know, but this is a good right. this is a good time to ask you what you see as the biggest challenge in drug in drug treatment today. I know that we have a lot of um, negative press in Florida right now because of a few dirty people running, you know, running games on on people's, you know, like you said, people, like you said, people have spent their whole life savings on the first try and their child sadly doesn't make it. Um, What do you see as like one of the biggest challenges, that or is it something other than that? Well, I see a few things. Um, And as far as what's going on in Florida, you know, people shouldn't be fooled. Um, it's happening in every state where there's treatment, uh, treatment uh, facilities and sober livings. And what I commend, really, Florida is taking the stands where, you know, they want to try and regulate it. And they want to try to ensure the safety of the uh, addicts that are coming in for treatment. So they're mm-hmm. trying to do something about it. And sometimes when you try to do something about it, you get, you know, more publicity, um, you know, because of it, but they're actually trying to, you know, make it better. And so it will be, you know, safer all the way around. Um, And, you know, we have some, you know, Florida has some excellent, excellent treatment centers. And um, there's a lot of good people. And, you know, there's a bad apple everywhere. So... Um, as far as that goes, but I think that the length of time that, um, you know, the insurance company allows for treatment is a problem. You know, the insurance company... What do you mean, not enough? Days. I'm sorry? Yeah. What do you mean, not enough time? It's not enough time. Okay. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Know, you. The, the insurance companies, you know, they allow 30 days of inpatient treatment. And, you know, the 30-day model originated years ago when alcohol was the main addiction. Um, but today, oh, I always opioid. heard it was uh, around Vietnam when they came back addicted, and they they had a thirty day furlough when yeah. they sent them to rehab, and then they would ship them right back out, and well, that was how that model happened. Oh, I thought it happened. Um, I could have. I thought I read somewhere that it happened. You know, years ago when uh, with, when alcohol was the main you know, addiction. But whatever well, that it could is, be too. yeah, I, I can today, share that. You know, it, I can share that it happened to me quite a few times. So it <laughs> yeah, but, you know, with the opioid epidemic, you know, the thirty days is just not working, and. Yeah. Um, you know, they say it takes at least a year to get the brain back to functioning, you know, somewhat normally. So I think there needs to be more time and, you know, more long-term aftercare services available as well. And, so, what you know, a, so what does a parent... So what does a parent do to make sure they're getting the best bang for their buck? If they want to save their child, what are some of the questions that they should ask? Who should they reach out to? What should, like, your opinion on what you think would assist an individual that is sitting there tonight bringing their child hopefully to detox tomorrow and has no answers and is going to fall in some kind of trap? Okay, well... First, I want to tell them that what they should do is um, go to my website and look at my June issue. There's an article. It's called Treatment Transparency, 12 Questions to Ask When Seeking Treatment. And there's also um, another magazine. um, Oh, I don't remember. (sighs) 
Uh, I'm going to have to uh, look at it maybe before we go, but there was another uh, issue, uh, I think it was February 2016, and it's also questions that um, somebody can ask. It was the February 2016 issue, and those are also questions. Parents need to ask questions of the treatment facilities and of the sober living. Um, You know, some of the questions to ask, and again, it'll go into more detail in my magazine, but if they're going, do they, does the treatment center have a detox? If they have a detox on site, um, what type of medical stabilization is provided? Are medications provided? If yes, what kind? Um, Is the program gender uh, specific? Uh, What are the qualifications of the treatment team? Are there any medications uh, prescribed during the course of treatment? Um, What type of accreditation or uh, licensing does the program have? Um, Mm. You know, how much will it cost? Ask about hidden fees. Get everything in writing. What is the patient-to-counselor ratio? Um, How does the program involve family in the treatment? Is there a plan for aftercare? And a very important question, and this you ask whether they're in treatment or sober living, if something happens, if your child relapses or something, what is their procedure when your child is asked to leave? Do they just... Oh, yes. That's, that, a, that's a very that good question. That is the best question. Yep. I was yep. going to bring that up. Yeah, because that, yeah. we shun too many... I mean, you oh, hear of yeah. too many yeah. people just getting put out on the street. Yeah, I, right. My, my right. daughter is a graduate of about 20 inpatient rehab programs, most of them very good ones, but a lot of them have the zero tolerance policy. And that is... That is how she ended up in in the uh, in the situation she found herself in in Palm Beach County. It was when a rehab had, after giving her multiple chances, kicked her out literally to the street without letting me know, and she mm-hmm. got hooked up with one of those patient brokering people. And mm. because she had good insurance, they just wanted her to go to another rehab. Mm-hmm. And and. It's very unfortunate how things like that happen. So exactly, yes, and the, that's and that's what gives the that's what gives the bad name to a lot of the different facilities when it's really all they need to. I mean, you know, you, right, you hear I a have lot to of tell you right. My uh, son, you know, I mean, he was in facilities in Arizona and California, and you know, and right. it, 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 they do the same thing, and that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, I feel that there needs to be some sort of oversight for all treatment centers throughout the country, for all sober livings. There needs to be certain rules and regulations that they need to adhere to. If your child does relapse and gets thrown out, they need to have something else in place. They need to get to call the parents. I mean, there should be certain... Well, there should be um, some sort of a safety net, you know, maybe a step up to a a higher level of care. I watched watched a couple of minutes of that program last night, just before the show I had it taped in and the woman whose daughter um, died they didn't even they didn't even call her they still haven't called yeah. her and this is years ago yeah. and nobody even reached out to one say that they had to put her out of the facility because she had used or whatever and two they didn't call oh no she died in the in the place right yeah she died and in, she, in she overdosed movie, in the in the facility and nobody even reached out to her granted yes that's a bad program um oh but you're talking right. about the reflections Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? That is like in a class by itself. I mean, <laughs> that, I, yeah. that I think is the most horrendous, horrible uh, yeah. story I have 
ever heard. And for someone to do that, I mean, you're, you're not even talking about it. How can a human being do that to other human beings? I mean, um, that is, I think, just something that is really yeah. in a, in a um, class by itself. But, but you know, they have they have these, um, like, phone banks now, and I know people that work in them, and their job is, you know, you call in and you're desperate, you're looking for rehab for a family member, and, you know, these people, it is their job, first of all, to find out if you have insurance, and second of all, you know, if you do, to encourage the family member to send them to specific rehabs, and they get commissions. Yeah, and they that do. is going yeah. on well, all over the country. Thing. Yes. Families need to ask, am I speaking to the facility? I don't want to be talking to a marketing uh, person. I want to speak to the facility. And you have the right as a parent. If if your questions aren't all getting answered, you can speak to the clinical director if you have to. But I would make sure that I'm speaking with the place. And if you have the means and you have the time, I would even go toward the facility before you send you or go with your child before you just, you know, send them. Yeah, I mean, there are there are a lot of fail safes out there. And I think what happens is, is the parents get caught up in the wheel as well, you know, and 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 they spin because the whole family is spinning out of control because little Johnny doesn't, you know, isn't acting the way that he should. And mm-hmm. he, you know he cops to he cops to being a drug addict, and everybody just like scrambles in. How do we help him? And sadly, there are vultures out there waiting for that family to yeah, call. So you know, and like you said, right, the well, phone you banks. get so excited when your child finally says he's going for help, and you get so ner- You know, especially when it's the first time around. I mean, you're you think you're talking to somebody that knows everything. Yes. Uh, that's how I was. Ellen, were you the same way when you were talking to people when your child first was going for treatment? Didn't well, I started, out, I started out with the big name places. You know, I sent mm-hmm. her all over the country to well-known places. And as time wore on, you know, we couldn't get to the... We couldn't get in them anymore. She generally burned a bridge everywhere she went. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, there were always marketing types who acted like they were going to be, you know, I'm going to be her counselor, I'm going to be watching over her, and they weren't. Okay, I need to cut in right here. I just want to say if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show like Patricia is, please send an email to ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. We will send you an information packet on how to schedule a time for you to be on the show so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery world. Remember, dial 866-472-5792, 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you're busy, stressed, and can't ever seem to find the time to add in those new healthy habits, you need to check out Lisa Lutan's Busy, Stressed, and Food-Obsessed show. This program will help you discover easy ways to improve your health and happiness. Plus, you will pick up all sorts of tips on better eating, fitness, relationships, how to manage stress, and a lot more. You'll feel yourself becoming healthier just by tuning in. Listen live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? 
Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. your health where you think it should be if you're like most people the answer is probably not where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track the answers start on occupy health each week host dr susan downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider you'll want to plan for your optimal health with occupy health listen fridays at 11 a.m pacific time 2 p.m eastern time on voice america health and wellness A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, we're back with Patricia Rosen, the publisher of the Sober World magazine. You can read it at www.thesoberworld.com. Get on there and check it out. It's it's very very interesting. I've been I've been looking at it on my iPad while we've been talking, and um, you know it has come a long way. And I'm very proud to have her on the show and and um say you know congratulations for for what it is that you've done. You, you know, uh, the first step. In, in every process, I guess, the first step, you have a shiny penny now, and it's called the Sober World magazine. Um, you never knew that you would – you never knew you would get to this spot, and neither does an active addict who chooses to put down a drink or a drug for the first time. They have – that was, the, that was the, the most scariest thing for me because that feeling uncomfortable was comfortable. And once I put that substance away, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who, because I had used for so long, I was that 13 year old child. And and they, you know, they, people say that and I could never really embrace it. But when Mm -hmm. I look back on it, when I stopped using, I didn't know who I was. Fortunately enough, in my childhood, I was giving given a lot of morals and good behavior, and they ultimately that that door just came open when I was saturated with with drugs and alcohol and said enough's right, enough. Because that's who you inherently are. Exactly, exactly. Sadly, not everybody likes who they are, and that's why they choose to stay out there. I think, and not not everyone. I think some people are just stuck, and and they'll ultimately get, um, you know, they'll get their their, their day in in um. In the sober world. Now, let me ask you a question. We were talking about how parents can reach out to facilities or loved ones can reach out to facilities and ask proper questions on, you know, how am I going? How are you helping protect my loved one? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What do families What do families do when they ultimately get all the answers and the child doesn't want to go or their loved one doesn't want to go? How do they process that? How do, How do they get them to the other side of that? Well, when all else fails, um, they should try to hold an intervention. And there are some very good interventionists, um, but you need to make sure they are licensed and that they have the right credentials. And, you know, there's many people that call themselves interventionists um, who are not credentialed, so, you know, it is important that they check them out. But, you know, also, if a child is under the age of 18, um, you can get a transport service and have them taken to a residential center where they can stay up to a year. And, you know, under 18, you're still in charge of their well-being. So, right. um, so you can do that. You know, it's funny. I was I was just when you said interventionalist, I um I know that my sister's out there listening. She listens every week and she probably thought she was an interventionalist for a little while because because <laughs> they all sat me down and said, No more, you gotta go. It was very it was a very a very raw, crude type intervention right. where yeah, family my family sat around. So listen, they can try to have, you know, all, you know, the loved ones there, the grandparents, the parents, the brothers, the sisters and yep. you know, you can try to do that as well and and yeah. hopefully get through to them. And it, and it worked. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, oh, my God, what do I do? Oh, I don't want to say confront the addict, but don't not, you know, be honest. Um, because an addict really probably um, the lying, cheating person that I was, I was mm-hmm. very honest about my about my use because I used it as an, an emotional terrorism tool in order to be able to get what I got. So there's a lot of addicts out there that will say, yeah, I'm an addict. And as soon as they say that, don't be afraid to jump on them and say, well, this is what we need to do. And these are the parameters that I am setting in order for you to be able to run your life in a proper manner. And ultimately what happened was, is my family, I said, ganged up on me because mm-hmm. I didn't know any better at the time. But looking back on it, you know, they were my, they were my biggest enabler, but they were also my biggest champion when I said enough is enough and I need to get out of here. And they ultimately embraced me, picked me up and, and, and put me where I am today, ultimately 28 years later. And, you right. know, I'd be forever grateful for that one night in my sister's house where everybody got mm-hmm. together, even though the first few weeks, the first few months, I was like, you know, they, you they, turned, their, they turned their back on right. me. But you know something, <laughs> it, it worked. And, you know, I'll be forever grateful for right. that. And I believe you never give up. I mean, you know, for your loved one, you keep trying and you know, and when they are ready, I mean, you know, be there to get them the help. Like, you know, get them in, you know, do whatever you can do. I just, I don't believe in giving up because I think, you know, if you can just, I always believe that if you can get them into the detox, if you get them where they're just thinking somewhat clearer, that hopefully there's that chance that, you know, from there, they'll want the help, you know, so... Right, and you know, um, but when they're you know when they're on the drugs or when you were drinking and everything, when you're under the influence, you're not hearing anything anyone's saying. You don't hear. No, no, and and you know the thing is, is like they say, you know, you plant a seed. I had a, I had a, a field full of dead seeds, but <laughs> but yeah. one of those seeds ultimately started growing, and you know, mm-hmm. I, now I have a forest up there, and I still can't think properly, but I mean, because I got a bunch of trees in my brain, I guess, but. <laughs> You know, I, I, I get it, you know, and I'm grateful today that there are people 
Um, you know, I'm not grateful for your process, but I'm grateful that you are adding it to the world of recovery because it, it, it tells me that it's okay that I walk through what I walk through as long okay. as there's somebody like you that's standing next to me on the same journey, but with a different set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never you- know who you're meeting along this path. True. No, Very you really true. don't. I've met some of the most interesting people oh, what are you that saying? I never would have met. And what are you saying? Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's true. It's very Yeah, you true. really do. And, and yeah, and I mean, I, you know, just like a couple weeks ago, um, I was in one of the, in, in, um, at the Starbucks here, and, and uh, I was putting out um, a magazine, and uh, this woman said, you know, I, I love that magazine, and she was this very well-dressed woman, and I mean, you would never in a million years, and then she said, so she looked and she goes, I'm in the program, and you would uh, never uh. in a million years think, and you know, and that's why I think it's so important now for people to like not be ashamed, you know, to get all the people, the, the doctors, the lawyers, the, the electricians, just everybody, and if you're in recovery, say you're in recovery, I think it gives hope. To, you yeah, know, I mean, it's, that aren't. I, I mean, I get the the anonymity thing. I get the anonymous stuff. Yeah, I, but, was, I, I had an experience with that recently. You know, my daughter is working, and she's working in a, a place where she meets the public in our community. And she does not want the people she works with to know about her past because she will probably get fired. So oh, you have okay. to keep that kind of thing in mind. I mean, there are a lot of people who are still terribly judgmental, who mm-hmm. don't see it as anything other than, you know, an amoral person who made bad choices. Those are two things I absolutely hate to hear. No, right. And I get, you know, I get the, you know, some people do have to hold, embrace their anonymity just for certain situations. Um, I would never or, or try not to out someone who hasn't done it themselves. I walk freely being, you know, a recovering addict because, one, I have a little bit of time under my belt so I can deal with right. – I've, I've already dealt with all of that crap. And, two, because, uh, you know, being, a, being a, you know, a coach when I got clean, I, I, uh, I coached Little League, I coached football and all of that stuff, and, and the parents knew – that I was this active knucklehead in their community, and now I'm giving back what was freely given to me. And, and you know, so you become somebody who is, who shows that there is another way, there is a better way. And, right, you know, absolutely. you're right. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. And you're right that, you know, it sh- we shouldn't all go on TV and say, hey, I'm a recovering addict because there are people that will pay prices for that. Um, today, my life is comfortable enough who I am and where I am well, I think that I can, can share. I think that you should. You know, yeah. there, there's even a movement in, in the 12-step programs to use your full name and break the anonymity. Yeah. You know, and I... I um, oh, it's there. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, yeah, neither did I, Brad. It's not big yet, but I think it's going to be because we do need to get rid of the stigma. It is a complex brain disease. All right, well, I'll stop. My name is Ray Lynch, and I'm an addict. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I just said that internationally. The verbiage also of um, you know how you phrase things, and that you know you shouldn't be an addict, but somebody you know struggling with addiction, and they want you know they, well, they or call it substance use disorder. Things, SUD. 
They call it substance use disorder. Now they changed it in the DSM and in ICD-10 too. And you can you can you can then drill down to the specific well, substance: yeah, alcohol they, use disorder, opioid that. use disorder. They changed that for reimbursement. They didn't change that for. Um, I think in DSM they don't usually. Well, I don't know. Maybe they do in psych, but you know, I'm I'm used to ICD-10 codes yeah. for billing. Uh-huh. Right and, but now, I think that they're changing it also because they want to change the way it's all perceived. Well, and, but, but see, they want to they want to wet it down, and that's not the message that we need to give. I mean, you're an addict, you're an alcoholic. I mean, come on, well, substance abuse that that's like being a professional garbologist. No, 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 no. it's you pick up trash no, in your no, house. You don't want it to go with you the rest of your life. You don't want in your mind that you're yeah, an the, addict. The, the word junkie, the word um, addict, you know something? they have nasty something. As soon as I forget and as soon as my mind manipulates that I'm not an addict and I'm, I'm a professional garbologist, guess what? My <laughs> disease won. So I need to definitely keep my addiction in check by saying that I'm an addict. I can say I'm a recovering addict. I don't have to share it with anybody. But as soon as I choose to manipulate verbiage, it won. Well... I don't Boom. know how to come back in that. <laughs> no, there's, there's, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to come back to that. Because that's, well, see, but that's where. You know, different strokes for different folks. Well, but and, that's, where, know, the addict, that's yeah. where the addict lives in me. Yeah. You know, and if. He knows. You know, and so yeah, if that's I, I know okay for, me. for you, then that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, you know oh, what? Yeah. You need to do what's good for you. By all means, and that's why we—that's why we're on the air here, and we're sharing our experience, strength, and hope, and why we have people on to give different messages. We're ultimately looking down the road at somebody that's coming on that has a completely opposite message than a twelve-step right. message, and he's a—he's an author. He's a well-known author. He's a, you know, a bestseller author, and and he has a different approach. And whatever works for you. Is is the best way to do it, you know. And sometimes it right. takes a while. If it'll keep you yeah. clean, I believe. Then that's it. That's what you do. If you believe in it, if that works for you, some people work the twelve steps. Work. Some people can go to, um, you know, a gym and a and a um, you know a, a psychologist and you know whatever works. Yes. So we have we have about two minutes left, Patricia. Is there something that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure you get out there? I do want to put your website out there again. It's www.thesoberworld.com, correct? Yes, and don't forget okay. the T-H-E, com. Yes. yes, because if you go to Sober World, LinkedIn you're going to something and Twitter. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the magazine is also on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, you can go on there and... Um, that's it. I don't know. You know, I just want to say, you know, it's, it's fantastic that there are people out in the community like you that are bringing a consistent message of recovery and, you know, dealt with somebody with addiction and, and now you're voicing your message and monthly you have something that you can hand to people that is really grace. You know, it's it's. Something that I, I, I could probably never bring from my mind to my hands. I can speak, but putting it from my mind to my hands, it just I'm just grateful that you're out there, that I can read your magazine. And, and please, by all means, people, get online and check out her magazine. Don't wait till you get arrested to get it at your door. <laughs> get online and read her magazine. You know, the famous last words of an addict is, it'll never happen to me, and I'm not hurting anyone but myself. Well, guess what? Get online and start reading the articles in Patricia's magazine 
and you'll and realize. You can pick it up at your um, a meeting or at a meeting. I'd go yep. into uh, Starbucks and, and grab uh, a magazine, and we're at the in doctors' offices. So we're well, out And if you're there. a family member and you're looking for answers, that's a great place to go too. Yeah, so go we online, are a- and you can really you can search all the magazines, and you can um, get a lot of information. Really and we are out. Of, we there. are out of time. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show and experience, sharing your experience, strength, and hope, and with miracles and recovery. Hope thank is in you, our Ray call. and Ellen. It was a pleasure meeting you. You too. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good. Good night, night everyone. Good, good night. night. Good night. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.